Welcome to Small Town Shenanigans, episode 14. Uh, we're trying to do four guests again, three guests and myself, which we had a lot of fun the last one with uh, JW and um, Brian Robinson and Brian Burns. And hopefully we don't talk over each other. But um, nonetheless, we have a couple interesting guests. One of my close buddies from Indianapolis, the sausage king himself, Neil Ziliak. I can't believe we got him on this. I mean, I I don't want to I don't want to tell anybody what the fee was. I'd pay him, but it was exor- it was quite exorbitant. And then we've got his buddy from down southwest. Um, Phil is a police officer. Um, Phil, it's so nice to have you on. Uh, I want to just open up. I'm sure Brian has some questions, but uh, I want you guys to describe. Phil, describe what town you guys grew in. Give me give us a little backstory on that, will you? Sure. Yeah. Um, well, we grew up in, well, I grew up in Evansville, which is in Vandenberg County. Uh, and uh, our Neil grew up in Warwick County in a little town called Paradise. Now, Newburgh slash Paradise, kind of, it's kind of a snobby uh, area. And uh, we always... Uh, we had, we had, the, we had the, uh, the upper level blue, cla- blue collar workers there. <laughs> Coal yeah. miners aluminum that kind of thing <laughs> yeah i mean they they were a little they were a little upper crust uh from us but neil went to school in evansville with uh with us we went to a, a catholic school on the east side uh and but yeah neil always i mean neil wasn't super upper crust but he did live in the rich county i mean when people say oh i'm from newburgh or paradise you, they're they're a little better than the rest of us so so this this is Southwest. This is Southwest Indiana. This is Evansville. This is right on the Ohio River, right? Correct. Yeah. Right. Right. It's very, um, it's, it's, it, the Ohio River runs very oddly down there. So parts of uh, of of Kentucky are actually on the northern side of the Ohio River. They really? Have a, a, yeah, they have a, a racetrack there. Oh. Um, but it's it's basically Kentucky. It, it's you know pretty much. It's, well, uh, yeah, you know, I always felt like Evansville was kind of the the redheaded stepbrother of of Indiana. I mean, people in Indianapolis kind of think of us as Northern Kentuckians. Um, so that was, you know, something I have to deal with whenever I come up to see, you know, come up to Indianapolis. But that's okay. Oh, I, yeah, I, well, I agree yeah, with you. Well, I think yeah, you know, have to something here. I think I think something, I, and I'm I'm going to be at this point, I'm going to be the spokesman for our listening audience. You don't just glaze over by saying he is a sausage king the sausage fest king okay like, no, I, like i know people across the country they're, they're pulled over now and they said there's no way in hell he just said the sausage fest king so i think he needs to talk about that for a second well, well at least at least at least just, it's just clear the air it's an honorary title there was no uh you know there was no ascension to the throne there was no um vote uh what it was was a festival that uh, was started in a church that uh, that Bill and I went to um, called St. Thomas, and uh, an older gentleman wanted to start a festival, and he wanted me to help him, and he wanted to call it the Sausage Fest. And I spent a couple of hours trying to explain to him why the Sausage Fest may not be the best name for a Catholic school, Catholic parish festival. Um <laughs> For a number of reasons, some of which right, uh, right. I think we've all read about in the paper. But, um, you know, so then they decided to call it the Sausage Fest. And it, it became after, you know, a few years, it became a great marketing tool. Uh, because who doesn't want to go to a Sausage Fest where you have T-shirts of, you know, we had Ascension Sausage Fest one time who was raising <laughs> up to heaven as, as a sausage. We had uh, mm-hmm. Last Supper Sausage Fest. So we've had a number of things that um, partly are the reason I'm not a Catholic anymore. But um, so, yeah, we had a lot of things that 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 made Sausage Fest a lot of fun. And now well, it's actually grown to one of the biggest festivals in the city. It's We get a few thousand people. It's pretty it's a pretty good time. 
So you think, I think we, we could combine like the two. Burns. <laughs> there's a there's a festival out here. I think you could tie the two of them in together. I don't think they do it anymore. But, it, you know, it had a lot of notoriety pri primarily because of the name. It was called the Testicle Festival. So if they could get the Testicle Festival and the Sausage Fest to come together for one shining moment, I think that wow. um, regardless of what happens there, I think you're going to get a lot of people just drawing interest in there, ride their motorcycles, you know, bring their wiener dog, whatever you got to do. But I think those two festivals and the, like you said, marketing. It's got to be it's got to be a great marketing piece. And so for those of you of our listeners who haven't been to the Sausage Fest <laughs> down there in Indiana, one of the biggest uh, fundraisers for the Catholic Church down there, go ahead and take a peek under the come on on and, and have a good time. Maybe have a beer, maybe have a sausage and enjoy yourself. I heard now I did hear that the music is very good. The venue is very good and it's done very well. So, yeah, I'll be yeah, aside. I think it really has a couple of buddies that have been out there um oh yeah we've had i got a couple of buddies from montana came out and their wife is like you're flying out to a sausage fest say what but uh no i'll tell you what the, the tesco festival i went out there a few times in college and i might have fallen in love with a couple of gals out there about two in the morning a couple of times until they uh, realized they had testicles until they realized <laughs> that until i realized they had three three testicles and a sausage <laughs> Well, depending on how much you've had to drink, that's not necessarily a game changer. I mean, that's, that's right. Everything becomes more and more a possibility as the night goes on. Yeah. I mean, you're in Montana. Now, is there a crowning ceremony for the Sausage King or is it just kind of, I mean, is it like pomp and circumstance or how's that work, Neil? Yeah. Well, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it, there's not much of a ceremony. It's kind of a just, you know, it, it just happens organically. And yeah. they they told they told Neil they told Neil that what was it, 18 years ago, you you know you've got Cardi Blanche free beer and free food the rest of your life. Well, this year I don't think that they were so kind, were they? Mm -mm. Well, I, I don't I don't want to get into my grievances, Bill, but uh, <laughs> I did actually have to pay for beer and sausage this year, which I found a little bit troubling. <laughs> hey, Bill, not only did you know, I've been up there several years now. Some of his buddies actually got free beer. I mean, we kind of threw Neil's name around. <laughs> well, so. I mean, why wouldn't you? I mean, he's got, he's, he's yeah. it's, it's a coveted position. Uh, the, the, I, overhead's gone, the overhead's gone down a lot since I stopped working there. And, and a lot of the free beers, I think it's, I think that might've cut into the money, the, the net profit. Exactly. So those, for those listeners who haven't been to the Sausage Fest, if you get a chance to go out there, just tell them that Neil sent you and the beer's free. And uh, <laughs> Fair I'm, sure, I'm sure throwing that weight around, it's always good to throw a name around. And Neil's going to be the name at the Sausage Fest. At the, the Sausage King. So um, we, uh, I tell you what, we, I think you guys are going to really enjoy some of these stories today. Uh, we, we put, I, I think this is probably, probably the most uh, pre-production uh, work that uh, that Brian and I did out for this one, and I think hopefully it pays off. But uh, I, I want to real quick. We got to we got to touch on Don Mattingly. I mean, you know, Phil, you want to tell us a little bit about growing up with Don Mattingly, the the Dodgers star? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, we lived uh, about two blocks from the high school. I mean, it, it was a thirty second walk for me to just cut through the backyard, and I was right there. Well, the baseball field used to be at the high school and of course you know don mattingly i mean he's he's older than us i mean he, he's four years older than us um so we were never in high school at the same time but as a kid the games were always right after school and even then you knew that don mattingly was going to be something i mean you know they went 30 and 0 his junior year won state championship and we went all the way you know sectional regional all the way to state uh my dad and i and a couple of my brothers and then his senior year, he went 29 and one, losing the last game. But you would you would just go over, we'd walk over uh, after school, and you'd watch Tom Angley hit. And I mean, I and I don't know, I, I mean, I don't want to be misquoted or anything, but I mean, I think it was it was over 500, maybe 550 uh, in yeah, high school. And he, he just, was he was hitting 550 in high school. I think so. yeah, the, the, the that sound, seems the sound. right. Yeah, that's the sound big, of the ball hitting number. his bat was was different than anybody that I mean that he, I've ever he seen. He didn't he didn't strike out he didn't strike out his all of his junior year and maybe only twice his senior year. Did he did he uh, pitch it? Did he pitch at all in high school or just was just a fielder? No, he was. Uh, I think he was like ten or you know, eleven. 0 he, senior year. 
Oh, he was a pitcher. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then they had, they had two other pitchers, uh, Jeff King and, and I think last kid, last name of Henning. Uh, so, but, um, yeah, I mean, he was just an all around stud athlete. He was star quarterback, played basketball. I remember as a kid and I was in probably sixth or seventh grade, he had a last second shot where he rebounded the ball under the other team's basket and, and did this like sideways arm sling last second shot full court all the way full court from the corner and switched it it wasn't a game winner or anything like that but you know as little kids were sitting sitting there and he just wings it kind of like an opposite frisbee or that overhand frisbee throw boom right in the basket Did, what, what was it what was his persona like was he was he kind of did he have the same persona back then as he does now pretty quiet and, yeah i think he was, i think he was all business yeah. I mean, as far as I could tell, like I said, we weren't in high school at the same time, but he, he carried himself. You you watch some of these Yankee highlights and how he carries himself after a grand slam. I mean, he's just straightforward, A-B-A-T, all business, all the time. Oh, he was for sure. Okay, Phil, well, hey, how about we transition into your uh, sports story? Ne- neither Neil or I were great basketball players. We loved playing basketball. Neil was more of a power forward and I was a center because I was six foot one or so and um but you know we had like an A squad and a B squad okay and the A squad was like maybe the top seven players and the B squad was everybody else and um I don't know if they ran out of jerseys or if Neil's body shape was such that (laughs) Neil had and you know as you know most basketball teams or most basketball players have a two digit, you know, either two, four, two, five. And the reason they do that is so you can do the numbers with one yep. hand. So not on three, exactly. four, 34. Yep. Well, Neil had a single digit. He was single digit number five and everyone else's Jersey was like, our colors were blue and white uh, were like the white polyester with the blue number and maybe the blue piping. But Neil had like, I don't know, like an off-white jersey with a a different number five on it. And I think it was made of maybe wool or or, or something like that. <laughs> now, are we talking, are we, is this the varsity crew or just the JV outfit? We were actually called, the coach gave us a name. He called us the Super 7. Which it was the, the seven people that were, had no snowballs chance in hell of ever getting into a game, and, and he I guess he thought that was going to make us feel better that you know we were the super seven, but I mean literally our our game consisted of we'd have our buddies show up and we'd pretend we were taking off our our warmups like we were going to get into the game to get them excited, and then we'd go sit down on the bench like we did you know all year, um, and and that's really all we ever did was we were we were one of the best warm up super sevens in this state i think because we were we were pretty effective on the way i have i have a real problem with the fact that there was someone out there a manufacturer that made a wool basketball jersey like that that's that's that should not even be an option in a catalog should it be do you want to well you just want like your nylon you want wool isn't that i I think i I think it was designed for somebody that was never going to actually sweat in it and (laughs) so I, i think they they knew what they were doing when they made it um, and you know, for some reason, I don't know why they didn't just cut me. It would have been easier than making me wear that wool jersey all year. But yeah, that's it was kind of sad. It's a little embarrassing, but you know, you got used to it. <laughs> and the okay, number so. was the number was smaller. I mean, it was significantly it was, smaller. Like we, all we of our to, numbers were seven inches high. Neil's was like three and a half inches. It was like a, a they, wee little number. That is embarrassing as hell. Yeah. Phil Phil has a little different. I was not a power forward. I was a five, six. I'm going to, I'm going to be kind and say portly point guard. Um, And so, yeah. So that's why they gave me that Jersey. Cause I, I, it kind of was the only one that really fit. I was, you know, I was a kid that had the Husky jeans back in the day. And uh, (laughs) we had a, we had one game where we had a, we had a, a rule of what you could wear you know, on a, on a road trip, we were a Catholic school. So we were supposed to wear ties, whatever. And so one day, like the top eight guys decided they were going to wear jeans. So we get to the game 
So those eight guys have all worn jeans. So the coach decides they can't play in the first half. Oh, well, there were seven. There's seven guys who were dressed appropriately. The super seven. And so we get to the game. And so we're like, all right, he's got to play us now. There's only seven of us. Well, he played six of them. Uh, Number Six five didn't get in. First. Number five did not get in. The uh, the jersey never came. It, it never got sweaty. Um, we were getting yeah. blown out by like thirty points in the second half, and because he, he let the new the guys that had not followed dress code, he let them go back in, and we we never could make the comeback. With twenty seconds left, he looks down the bench. Sure enough, Will Jersey going in. Yeah, come so on. That, that was so. Was you my only playing time that year. But <laughs> so twenty they, seconds, I couldn't sweat. That's you're the twenty. You're the twenty man. Twenty up, twenty down, twenty seconds. Okay, that's, that's right, when you man. get the dot. I gave it my you all know, for those twenty seconds, though. I remember when when the coach would come down the bench. You know, he's like he's going to sub somebody, and I, you mentioned that earlier. You're like you and a couple others would like get be ready to rip your warm up off, knowing that he wasn't going to call on you. Oh. And then you pick somebody else and you would give this feigned disappointment. Like uh, you knew you weren't going in, but yet you, you got ready to rip the Jersey off. Now there's and two types of players. Like, there's two types of players on the bench, you know, sitting on the bench. Yeah. So the guys who want to rip the Jersey off, and then the guys that look away when the coach looks down because he wants no business of going into the game because he knows you know, it's 45 points down. He knows he might get the call. You get the guy that wants to go in or you get the guy that keeps turning his head away every time yeah. the coach looks down the end of the bench. And I can appreciate well, I, both of those players. I did make it a point to get a shot up in 20 seconds. I was, <laughs> if nothing else, I was getting a shot up. I like it. I like That's it beautiful. So what did you guys, so Phil, so what, I, what did you guys do um, after the game? Well, you know, it's funny. I was I was up for Sausage Fest, and uh, Neil and I were sitting there the next morning talking about things. And he brought up uh, he brought up a game that we had in Vincennes, which is about an hour north. And Neil and I were on the JV, and I don't know, I don't know, I don't know if we planned it or or what, but we ended up uh, drinking some Kessler's, uh, which was his dad's drink a choice uh we drank I, I don't know a lot of kesslers maybe after the jv game and found a an indoor golf uh which was like a two-story victorian home that they converted into a, a, a miniature golf and we ended up drinking probably the whole bottle of kesslers and playing miniature golf while the varsity was playing and i and i don't remember and neil maybe you do i don't know if we talked about it were we drunk 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 or just a little drunk. Well, we were 15 year old high schoolers, so we mm -hmm. were drunk enough uh, on the team bus. Um, my dad used to drink Kessler's, which is any of you drink bourbon or whiskey is probably the worst of all. It's the at least expensive. OK, because I, I have dabbled in. I mean, it's the one that you always look for. Like, yeah, I don't have a ton, but I don't want to do vodka. Right. Bourbon. OK, because you can throw a little Kessler's into a into a just a regular bottle. And serve it up, and people are like that. Dance, not see this, not so bad. But it is Kessler's. It's got to be the right. Yeah. It's got to be the right moment. My my dad used to. Uh, so he could never understand why the the four years that I was in high school. My dad my dad liked to drink. He was he, you know he liked his Kessler's, but he could never catch a buzz in high school, and he couldn't figure out why. And it was always because I was pouring half of his bottle into my bottle <laughs> and filling it up with water. And he's like, damn, I guess I'm building a tolerance. I'm like, yeah, that's that's it, Dad. Maybe maybe that's it. But we. So we took this Kessler's um, and, you know, I'm thinking back on it. Maybe maybe I'm kind of seeing some of the reasons I didn't get a lot of playing time in basketball. <laughs> you're trained. You're tra you know, the, the fact that you put water in there. So I got a great story about this. I just thought of where. So my parents, when I moved down to to live with my mom and my stepdad, they worked in a particle board factory, which they had the graveyard shift. So a kid in high school. The last shift you want to have is a graveyard shift because as soon as they rolled out, guess what? I mean, we had this long road that, that led out of our house. It looked like it looked like it looked like Field of Dreams. Oh, it's just a long road. Then you take a left and you go on. So he would leave, you go down that road, and as soon as he took a left, all of a sudden you saw you saw these headlights just pop on. They were all lined up along the side of the road, and these headlights popped on and they rolled up. So we had a lot of parties. Well, we had 
we had some rum. We had a lot of booze there, but I did the old fill the water in there. So there was a little bit of rum. And then I put, you know, I, I kind of eyeballed it and put the, put the water in there. Well, we had this party and it was, it was kind of crazy. I, I guess you could kind of call it irresponsible because um, I, had a, I had a younger brother and sister that were about 10 years younger than me and I was tasked to watch them. Well, pretty soon we got 30, 40 people in this house and the thing is just going nuts and people are swallowing goldfish and they're eating, drinking all of our milk and they're eating bread. I mean, and next thing I know, I see one of my friends with my little brother on her hip, on her hip, bouncing him around the party. I go, so I had to have, you know, listen, you got to put those kids back. I know they can't talk yet, so they can't wrap me out, but they got to go back to bed. So anyway, <laughs> fast forward a couple of weeks and uh, my stepdad, Mel. And he didn't, he wasn't much of a drinker, but he, he reached up and he reached for that, that rum and he pulled it down and I wasn't even thinking anything and opens it up in the kitchen there. And he says, did you fart? I said, no. And he goes, what the hell is that smell? Well, I guess that rum kind of went, they put a little water in there and it built and it had like these little strings of like white stuff floating through there. So it must've built, it must've started growing something in there. And once you open that thing up, it just, that room smelled like a freaking outhouse in there. And he goes, what the hell is wrong with this thing? And me, you know, my infinite wisdom about booze, I go, oh, it must've been a bad batch, right? I don't know if they have bad batches of booze, do they? But he bought he bought it. We dumped her down the sink, and I and from that point forward, I don't know what it is adding water to rum. I mean, because I know that's a classic trick, right? You put water in there, if not, and it never yeah. really goes bad. It just gets watered down. But for some reason or other, maybe we just put we kept adding water and other things into this bottle of rum. But it it was pretty heavy and hard, and uh, we actually had to dip into our pockets and buy some stuff to, for the liquor cabinet. And the the uh, those carpets. Those carpets were crunchy, crunchy, crunchy all the time from all the beer. That it's amazing stuff. how much that 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 uh, pad underneath her can soak up that stuff and just absorb it. And, and it, it had a lot in there. I mean, at, at 13 and 14 years old, when you're having house parties that are, you know, 50, 60 people in there, when you're trying to babysit, it, it gets distracting. But you get good. By the time you're 18, you got it down. Well, I didn't <laughs> know there were 50 or 60 people in Cut Bank that would come to a party. This is Florence. This is the Bitterroot Valley. Uh, so the Builder okay. Valley stretches a little bit long. Yeah, Cupink, there's not. Um, but the Bitter Valley, it stretches. The cops would come down there. And they. this was not an incorporated. So the cops would come down to this party. And they knew where it was at. I remember one time he knocked on the door. And we're out in the middle of the boonies. And I remember him saying, listen, I don't want to have to come back here tonight. Fair enough. Well, three hours later, we got another rap on the door. And my buddy said, I got, I'll hang on to handle this. He answered the door, same cop. And he said to him, I thought you said you didn't want to have to come down here. Well, that did not sit very well with him. <laughs> Everybody how, would that, how would you deal with that, Phil, as a police officer, if some smart-ass little kid was doing that to you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, they, you know, that they, yeah, it reminds me of a story. I'm just a quickie on something like that. I, I went to a party, kind of the same thing, blah, 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 blah. I don't want to come back here. I, I, and actually, I came back like twice. Well, the third time I came back, the guy said, you know, I, I said, look, I'm, I'm trying to be nice, trying to do my thing here, trying to give you guys a break. Work with me. Work with me. So he shuts the screen door. It was a screen door and then a hard door. And he he proceeded to say something that angered me. And I'll just let your imagination run wild with it. So I just I just like reached through the screen door to drag him. I destroyed this door. Just destroyed it. I mean, done and and my sergeant you know he's like fi trying to fix the door and all that stuff and he gets it fixed and i ended up getting officer of the month for, for <laughs> just to cover what i did bad which was destroy this door uh screen door and everything so yeah i mean you know you try to give a guy a break and it, i it need to know work, what he said i need to know what he said yeah what was and, it? do you remember what he said what was the trigger? Well, yeah, trigger to make you destroy that door? Yeah, he it was like F U M F, you know, which I was trying to work with the guy. And you know, he kind of went yeah, he kind of went just opposite on me. So <laughs> kind of pissed me off. But you know, you guys, and I don't mean to to but you know in the same light, when Neil would have a party, you guys talked about in episode seven where the glass on the stereo got broke and your neighbor came over and all that. Neil's mom always knew you had a party because the house was cleaner when they came home 
than when she left. And Neil had a lot of parties in high school. Oh, did he? Yeah. Yeah. And his yeah, mom would always my, be like, it was cleaner. My, my mom and dad used to, so a big vacation when I was a kid was we'd go to Jasper, which was an hour and a half away and stay in the Holiday Inn because they had a Holodome. You know, oh, which, yeah. yeah. you've got the, the pinball machines, all that. But they were literally, they were, they were reliable. My mom and dad would go away for the weekend and they'd go to Evansville because we lived in Newburgh. It's 15 minutes away. They would never, ever come home or check. They just assumed they needed to stay where they were in a hotel. My dad's greatest joy in life was sitting in a hot tub in a hotel and he would move for four days or whatever long he was there. So we could have parties without ever worrying that they were going to come home. And, and that was, yeah, that was usually typically the way it would be is we'd clean it up afterwards. Cops would come. Or I'd pretend something at the house had broken to break up the party, and then we get everybody to leave. And uh, yeah, we we had a lot of parties, and nobody ever got arrested, so I feel pretty good about that record. Uh, well, yeah. there, were we like I, I mentioned, we were in a non-incorporated area, so like the cops had to come quite a ways for a call. And there was a guy that lived down the street from me. I mean, when I say down the street, he was probably about a mile and a half, and um, he would have parties as well. So when we saw the cops coming, and it happened every once in a while. They knew that it was either one of the two houses. So we would automatically call the, the, the police department, sheriff's department down in Hamilton and say, uh, the house down the street, there's something going on crazy down there and it looks real bad. And we're going to, so I don't know what house they were coming to, but we could usually redirect them before they got to either one of those houses that they, they'd move on and they would buy us about 30 minutes. So they would, they would continue on to my buddy's house. I don't know if they're having a party or not, but I know that it was, it was a distraction and we could usually shuffle everyone out before they realized, no, that's not where we need to go. We need to go to my house. So it was, it was a, it was a, uh, is a chess match. And he never thought of that. He was always like, geez, why the cops always hit my house first? I'm like, I don't know. That's nuts. Man. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brian, since we have a police, a fine police officer, thanks, man. I love, I love all the police officers and everything you guys do, especially today with all, all the nonsense you got to deal with. Um, so thank you for that, Phil. Um, thank since, you. since Phil's on with us, Brian, I, I did not know the story until yesterday. And Brian, I, you got, I'm sorry, you may not want to, but you just got to tell the story about the the serial killer. Okay, so. This is crazy. This is actually kind of crazy. So, the serial there's a serial killer here in Missoula, okay. And for some reason, people didn't know about it. And his name was Wayne Nance, okay. There's a book out there called To Kill and Kill Again. And this guy documentaries. Was, can I interrupt up, real quick to ask yeah. one question? If you ever read, remember the news of the weird, the weird that used to be in like uh, different magazines or whatever. They they talk about serial killers and whatever the name wayne it, don't ever name your kid wayne because everybody that is ever a serial killer has a middle name of wayne or a first name of wayne just a little hint little, little tip for any of those getting ready to have kids don't name your kid wayne that's that, you know what that is very valuable because i didn't know that but it makes sense i mean what, there's a couple of names out wayne there Ga wayne gacy like there's that, that, that's a serial killer name. And then there's also, you don't name your kid, Eugene. Like there's just some names that you just don't name your kid for different reasons. And I had a friend named Eugene. I'm like, what were your parents? I actually asked his dad, like, what the hell? Like, was that, like, did you lose a bet or something? Why would you name him that? But anyway, so the serial killers, Wade. Well, so this guy came through, he was in, he was doing his, his business in the Missoula surrounding area, like in the mid eighties, late, late eighties or something, I guess. Like I, I had no idea about this guy and I didn't find out about him until I was in the Navy. So this was early nineties. Someone sent me the book. We didn't have smartphones. So like he actually had to like read pages, like, you know, paper pages and stuff. So someone sent me this book and I'm reading through this thing and I'd heard about him, didn't know much about him. And so as I'm reading through this thing, I'm like, Oh, this is crazy. You know, they're talking about different places in Missoula. And but he the thing was, he was a he delivered furniture for a business called Conlon's Furniture here in Missoula. And it was it was a common name, whatever. And but as I'm reading through this thing, well. As I'm reading through this, I flipped this page because, I, you know, they had a picture of him on the front, didn't really, you know, 
the picture on the front of the cover, but as you know, in the middle, those old books had in the middle, that's where they just stack all the, I don't know if that was a budget thing where they just stacked all the pictures <laughs> right in the middle. They, they, they didn't make them like, okay, this happened here. And there's a picture like on page 20. No, they're all right in the middle. So as I get to the middle of that thing, I'm flipping through these pages and I recognize a picture in there. There's a picture of this guy with his girlfriend. And I'm like, I have seen that picture before. And so I'm scrambling. I'm like, where did I see this? You know, and I'm like, there is just no way. Like, it's different if you saw like, you know, a sports athlete in a picture that's, that a million people have seen. You're like, oh, I've seen some. This was a picture, and it was one of those pictures that looked like someone jumped into a picture booth, like at a carnival. You know, they squeeze <laughs> in there and their faces are smashed together. It was this <laughs> picture, and then I remembered where I met. I saw this picture. We out in Missoula had furniture delivered out to our house and it was from Conlon furniture. It was like, I was probably 13 or 14 years old. And here is this guy, right. Comes out to our house and I'll never forget it. Cause our chairs were obviously just the most neutral color in the world. They were bright orange. Right. So they had these bright orange chairs <laughs> for recliners <laughs> that they brought to this place. Right. Put them back, put them in the basement, but there were two of them. And, one of the guys had to leave. Like they went someplace, forgot something. He went back. Well, this guy, Wayne stayed at our place and I, it was just me and him. And what he would do was he would case these houses out when he'd go deliver furniture. And then he would go in and then he would do his deal. Like that's, that was his kind of his MO. He would deliver furniture, case the place out. So I'm, I'm out in the back. I'm 14 years old. And here's this guy named Wayne. He had these glasses on and he was kind of a, you know, he was an introvert. I grabbed the football and started tossing around and he was petting our dog in this. And so I, I threw him the ball and he goes, he goes, you play football. I go, yeah. He goes, Hey, let's go ahead and let's run a pattern. So he, he lined it up and I'm running around. He's throwing the football. And he says, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it right. And he goes back to the truck and he grabs his headband out and he puts his freaking head. He's got jeans on and a tank top, puts his headband on. And so if you look at another one of those pictures, in that magazine, he's got a freaking headband off. So the head, his head, I want to know if was that his deal? Like, is that his signature, the headband? But he goes and gets his headband on and he's tossing this football around to me and he can throw it pretty good. And he's really starting to engage himself. Like he was an introvert. Now we're throwing the football around. And uh, he goes, I got to go have myself a cigarette. So here's this. So then he, he decides he's going to have a cigarette. But he kind of loosened up a little bit. Like he, you know, we're throwing the football around. He's playing with her dog. And as far as I'm concerned, he's a delivery guy that likes to, you know, throw the football around. So he wheels around to the north end of the, um, the garage. And he says, you ever smoke cigarettes? I'm like probably 13, 14 years old. I go, oh, yeah, of course I have. So I went around the, the end of there. And so he's, he fires up this marble. He starts smoking. He goes, your parents around? I said, oh, I don't, boy. you know. And I don't <laughs> remember all the specifics of this thing, right? Because it was at the time, it was just like a, it was a cat, you know, it was just like a, you know, a guy that was just out. And we were out in the middle of nowhere. And I'm like, well, and I, but I remember him asking about my parents because he's like, you want to have a cigarette? And I said, ah, I'm not going to smoke the whole thing. So he just would bring him past the smoke around a little oh. bit. And then. <laughs> <laughs> so now we know where to find your DNA. Oh, oh yeah, right? He's we licking start... the butt. Yeah, he's licking the butt. Hey, hey, Brian, Brian, be very careful. You've got, a, you've got a criminal defense attorney and you've got a police officer on the phone. So listen, this is, this is great. Like, yeah. this, is, this is like the guy, the guy didn't make it, right? The guy's dead now. But. How, okay, so anyway, we're smoking the cigarette. Me, me and this, this, this guy, me and the serial killer. You and the serial a, killer smoking a cigarette. <laughs> me and the serial killer smoking a cigarette on the side of the house, and uh, and I remember we had the sweet tea. We always drank the sweet tea and that Tupperware. You remember the Tupperwares that you had to push down the, the pitchers that had you push on yep. the top, and pull it up. We had some of that stuff. Well, on the side of the house, I think I had lifted a. Uh, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to give myself the benefit out. Somewhere along the way, one of the track hurdles. Was, was found at my house, you know, just one sole so her. And I said, and I didn't know what even know his name, but I said, so uh, I go, Alex, you, you scale that thing? And he goes, yeah. So we dragged this thing out to the middle of the road and dirt, he, dirt road, dirt road. He's got his headband on, blue jeans, and some type of shirt. It's not and a cig and a cig in his mouth. No, oh, we, we dropped the cig. This is a, was your shirt was, on? Were you wearing a shirt at this point? <laughs> Did you have a shirt on? Please tell me you no, did. No, he, he had asked him. He, the serial killer had asked him not to. <laughs> at that point. <laughs> okay. 
I feel much I more comfortable. Better, if you're sure. I, I smoke better without a shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> I can jump over this hurdle if you're shirtless. So I took it. I obliged that, obviously. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? <laughs> Why would you? So we set this hurdle up in the middle of the yard, and here he's he gets a good running start. You can tell he's not an athlete. He gets a good running start. And he jumps over this thing, and my dog's chasing him as he's running down here, right? So as he starts off, he jumps the hurdle, dog's chasing him, and I and he goes, he gave me the jacket up. So we click her up, we click her up another way. <laughs> <laughs> he rounds around again. He jumps over this thing, and this goes on until we we get this thing up quite a, quite a ways, and he comes back, and now he's all sweated up. Thank God for the headband, and uh, burns another cigarette. We throw a couple footballs around. That's it. He leaves. And and I, I remember the, the little parts of it because I remember asking my parents around. I remember smoking a cigarette. I remember tossing a football. I'm sure there might have been some other things that we talked about. Those are the things I remembered. Well, I ran into him again. I ran into him again like it was later in the year, like November, because I remember it was hunting season. And I ran into down at the town pump in Florence where we lived. And I recognized him because, you know, just he's kind of curly hair. He had these glasses. On. Oh, one other thing that we did. He had these. He had these glasses on. You'll see in those pictures those glasses. I had the same identical glasses. I mean, the same type. We swear we swapped glasses. So, so, the, it, so the sketch, <laughs> the sketch artist would, would have you looking exactly the same. Yeah, right? like, <laughs> if you ever seen the Unabomber's, the Unabomber's glasses, it looked like that. Oh, yeah. wearing sunglasses. So we changed glasses. You know, if, if you've ever been to like, oh, let's see how, let's see your prescription is mine. We actually swapped glasses out. As he was throwing the football to me, so we had we had each other's glasses. No, no, <laughs> no football. Stop. <laughs> so those are the things I remember about this. You guy, didn't right? swap sweatbands, did you? Keep no, sweat? no, I didn't have sweatbands. I was shot topless. Remember, I didn't need a sweatband. <laughs> <laughs> so let's listen to how this thing finishes up. So I, I remember seeing him one other time at the at the because this was in the summer. And so in the in the fall, I run into him at the at the gas station, and yeah, he was he said he was hunting right, and I remember him at the counter, and I was asking like, so what are you hunting? Because usually you go scouting now. Yeah, he goes, I'm just kind of scouting the area out and I'm doing a little hunting here and there. Well, scout, I, I, you know, I didn't know that. Ask any further what are you scouting out? What are you scouting for? But I remember he bought a corn dog. No, no, he bought a pizza burrito and chicken gizzards because they sell fried chicken gizzards up here oh, in yeah. the, at the gas station. Oh, there. So he had a, he had a pizza burrito and a chicken gizzard and he looked at, uh, he had this thing. And I remember the bottom of that thing was just so saturated in grease. I remember <laughs> looking at that thing. I go, geez, I go, those things don't look too good. And he said, uh, he said, yeah, I think they looked a little better once they were, when they were on the chicken. And so he, he, so he pulled one out and he had me stand back by like, he made me see you stand back like 10 or 15 feet. And he lobbed that thing into the air, try to throw it into my valve and it did, bounced off my forehead and out the door. And that was it. That was, so, so those are the two interact. You know, I had an interaction with this, with the serial killer. We played, we played catch. We swapped glasses. We smoked and cigarettes. cigarettes. Hey, don't you swap cigarettes. I mean, it almost sounds like you had a moment. I mean, you know, and I didn't want to say this, but I named my first kid Wayne, and I didn't even think about it. <laughs> now this, this well, guy, I mean, he was a good athlete. He was a he was a wrestler in high school. He, they say he was a really good student. And oh, he 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 grew up. So for for some time, we lived outside in Elmar State, which was a trailer park, and yeah. he lived in the same trailer park as us. Not at the same time. Oh, but listen, when I was reading that book in the Navy. I was on the USS Robeson, and as I'm reading through the book, he was stationed on the USS Robeson. Now, before I had gotten there, he was on the Robeson, and then, that, and then that. uh So I'm in San Diego reading about this serial killer from Montana, stationed on this ship. But he also lived in this trailer park that we lived in Elmar Estates. And if you read the book, he did some evil stuff to animals in that trailer park there. So we had our paths had crossed quite a bit. But I think the biggest moment, I think the most, if anyone asked me about him, I'd have to go back to the chicken gizzards. To, you know, <laughs> trying to talk. <laughs> no, 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 no. The football and the sweatband is the best. Yeah. And the glasses, I mean, right? And, and, and the glasses. glasses. I mean, that's what? creepy. I've been married for 32 years. My wife and I have never swapped glasses. <laughs> I mean, seriously. <laughs> well, neither one of your serial killers, as far as. No. Yeah, you know no, what? But 
Hey, how, uh, I, I, so what's most upsetting to you, Brian? The fact that, that you weren't his type uh, as far as being a target of a serial killing? I mean, yeah. And I think I, it, seems, was, it seems like he didn't make the cut. Mm, I, well, we had such a goddamn good time. I think that, you know, <laughs> he did. Maybe he thought you were. Maybe he thought you were. You guys could be friends in the future, and you guys could carry on. You could carry on. Finally, the finally, some guy that gets me—a kid that smokes cigarettes. He's turkey gets so, You know, swap glasses. So, was there anything in the book that referenced the meetings with you? Did he ever reference the gas station or the cigarettes? Or how about moving furniture? Did it say he was a furniture no. mover? The closest thing that I saw in there, because I did read it again after I realized the only thing. That it was mentioned there. He had a letter that they found later, and it it just said that sweet little thing down in Florence. And I don't know if that meant me. <laughs> now that could have meant a lot of things because he the one that... furniture down there. He goes, the only regret I have is that sweet little thing in Florence, and and it could have been a lot of things because he went through Florence quite a bit. That's a, nope. that's the only thing that maybe have correlated. You're the so one was he... away. Yeah, was he like? Did he target like? Young women, old women, young boys. Do you remember that from the book? Well, I mean, okay, so he he had it was basically women, and then he he uh, he killed a family down in Hamilton. That was a, a full family. Oh no, he didn't have the whole family, but he broke in and killed the parents. And I know this is lightening the mood here. Small town, she's getting. Yeah, but it, but he they they it actually they identified one gal just two years ago from DNA and stuff because she was from out of state and they tacked it to him. So he, he got, he got tied with another one here just a, a last year that they had found and, and did a DNA thing and found out that it, he could have done that. So I think there's more out there than, than that they know about, but just well, an old he, football um, buddy of mine. Uh, well, he also, so he, they, they called him the Missoula Mauler, but the FBI, his nickname with them was the cuddler, wasn't it? I don't remember that. I remember the I remember Missoula Mauler. That's like if you if you type in Missoula Mauler, you're gonna find him. And the name of the hockey team here in Missoula is the Missoula Mauler. I wonder if they thought about. It. I don't know if they they thought that through too well, but <laughs> he's a Missoula Mauler, and he's the only serial killer in the history of serial killers that that was killed by one of his victims. Oh yeah, so oh. Tell, tell these guys what happened at the end of that. So his 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 manager at Conlins was um you know is a woman and he broke into their house and you know beat you know took the husband he thought he killed him and tied him to the a post in the basement stabbed him in the heart or stabbed him in the chest and then went back up to uh his manager or his wife the you know the the couple's wife and then the guy broke free from down below and the guy was a gunsmith had a rifle had one bullet in the basement Oh yeah, and they had an altercation. He ended up shooting. You know, he hit, hit him with the weight. The, the the serial killer had a, a pistol, and the guy knocked it, hit it as he was shooting, it, and he shot himself in the head. But he was the only serial killer who ever actually killed himself, and his only regret was that sweet thing down in Florence. So I don't. I mean, I don't know if you can tie all that stuff together. Absolutely, we can. <laughs> oh, absolutely, we can. That, I see that, a sequel. I see you doing that. shenanigans right there. Uh, uh, oh, <laughs> oh man, how about man, that? You, you piqued my interest. I, I, the whole cigarette thing. I mean, that's I know. And to offer, you know, David, and I, the fact I accepted. I'm like, well, I don't know. I just want to be cool. He seemed like a pretty well, cool yeah. guy, so I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I'll, I'll burn one with you. But didn't we not? Did, didn't you tell me that you missed a couple passes and he caught? Didn't he get angry and he said, uh, "Today's your lucky day" or something like that? <laughs> we, you know what? I think last night we were talking about it. We, we were kind of, we were kind of, you know, extending the version of it. He might have said, "You know what? Today's your lucky day, boy." I don't know what he said, <laughs> <laughs> but I do remember those things vividly. And I didn't know, I didn't recognize it until I saw the because he pulled. Oh, the reason why I recognized that picture. He pulled that out of his wallet. He showed me like this picture of him and his girlfriend, who was one of his victims, who was someone that he had killed. But when I flipped the page and saw that picture, I'm like, I have seen that picture. And then as I started going through it, I remember in Conlon's furniture, I'm like, that's him. That's the guy. Now, that's aren't you, aren't you going <clears> to, <throat> didn't you say you're looking for a photo? Of, is there maybe a photo of you and him somewhere that might show up? <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm sure sure. If there is. <laughs> hey, if there is, then I, then I'm, you know what? I'm not going to answer any questions. 
about this deal. All right, I told you everything I know. If you want to hear about what I know, listen to the podcast. I, I just, I, I I just got one more question. Were, were your eyeglass prescriptions similar? I mean, when you put pretty close, yeah, because we could. And they were the teardrop, the '80s teardrop, right? And so he's like, "What? You got your glasses?" And we swap. The fact you've never done that, like I've had eyes, like, "Hey, let's see how bad your eyes are compared to mine." Well, we flopped them out, and they were wow. pretty close. And he goes, "Give me a post." And I ran out there, and he dialed that ball right in, and I and I caught. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he did. I just see, I just see Uncle Rico. Did he have a little Uncle Rico in him? Well, I, I wish. Well, if I would have known that he was a serial killer, I probably would have paid attention to the specifics. So I just remember us tossing the ball around, swapping the glasses, having a smoke, jumping over the hurdle, and then tossing that chicken gizzard. And I mean, those are the those are the highlights, right? Those are the that's the Reader's I, Digest version. I can see like it's like you you know, like popcorn. You know, he's popping <laughs> wicked popcorn in your mouth, and it's bouncing off your nose. Well, I when mean, I looked at, it, I said, man, those look awfully good. Yeah, I think they look better on the chicken. He goes, step back about ten. And he, he threw it up in the air, and I tried catching it. It bounced off my forehead, and then that's all. I mean, I think I, I took off. He giggled a little bit, and then I left. But so, did, so you, but you a, told you told me that uh, Mel Mel remembered him, and didn't you say that you ran into two other people that had interactions with him? Yeah, there's. I mean, it's a small town like this. There's there's people that I know that knew the guy that that uh, actually killed him, and, and there's another buddy of mine that I knew that actually it might be the same guy that works with the guy who delivered with him so but the the thing about that was not many people in missoula know about like they, they really know that story like you think that i that didn't would, that i would didn't be know. like yeah and, and he so i think he he got he was killed in 86 and so it's been a while but i didn't know about it until i you know early 90s when i read the book well there's there's like three or four documentaries on YouTube. I watched one there's one with Nancy Grace is pretty good. And I and I bought his book last night and started reading up on all of this. I mean I, I'm shocked that there was ever a serial killer in Montana. That's just shocking to me. But let's roll if we can, let's can we roll into the sponsor? We gotta get sponsored tonight. Put some money up. Oh. Well, uh yeah, so you know, fashion styles come in, come and go. I think you guys know. And some, you know, some have been around for a while and they come back. Well, this is another sponsor. I didn't really realize that they were back in business again. Uh, they gave us a call up and I guess they're making some strides. Um, and I know them very well in the eighties, I, I wore this, I w wore some of their stuff. Uh, I think I had a couple of different models of it. It was under ruse. So under ruse, uh, under ruse is fun to wear and you can wear them just about anywhere. And the different superheroes they had and back in the day, they had uh, Superman, Batman, incredible Hulk, and they got a whole new line now. Uh, underoos are fun to wear. You can wear them just about anywhere. Oh, you can just about wear them anywhere. Okay, Phil, I want you to run into the um, pig story now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, uh, yeah, Bill, Bill, want to know some interesting stories, and I, and I, and I've, I've had, I've got one. Now, this, this case is is still open, so I'm going to be a little bit vague uh, about some of the details, but not not the details uh, what make it great. It doesn't involve sharing cigarettes or or switching uh, eyeglass prescriptions, but uh, back in December, we, we had to go, we had a bad crime down here in Evansville and, and the bad guy ran or ran. He actually drove it. He drove to a, a town about an hour Northwest of here, little bitty, little tiny town, uh, you know, just a gas station type town. And uh, so we show up, at this little house and and the sheriff the local sheriff is already there and um they have the young man in custody that committed this crime and it was two in the morning i guess and the the whole family's sitting on the porch and the car that this young man drove up there is in the front yard and and are you now where are you at in this whole thing are you in the I, well i i'm the guy that that took care of the crime in in evansville Okay, so um, this is when you're this is when you're you're in the in the in the police role. Yeah, you, yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm the crime scene guy that's taking care of. I've been working all afternoon and all evening on this horrific scene <clears throat> in Evansville. Uh, so they've figured out who has done this, and so they go up to this county. Uh, we get a warrant for this guy. And then I have to go process the house up there in that county. You know, it's like a continuity thing. The guy, the one that catches it, cleans it. So I'm going to start in Vandenberg County. I'm going to go up to this other place. And um, 
the first of all, we get there and there's a wrecked car in the front yard. I mean, it's, and it's not only wrecked, just kind of give me an idea. I always describe this town. If they gave Indiana an enema, they would stick the hose in this town. I mean, I don't want to give it away because it's my wife's hometown. But so, was it a wreck car, or was it something they're just kind of working on? Because it was a wreck thing. car. It got it got wrecked on the way in there in his retreat back home because everybody runs home. Everybody escapees. Oh yeah, everybody goes home. So this guy runs home. Too. What cereal killers? Well, after a burrito and a yeah. chicken, a popcorn chicken gizzard. That's what, might be the what, best story what, what I've kind ever of, heard in my life. What was the what, what was the um what was what kind of car was it? Uh it was a oh it was a uh, uh old cutlass. Uh old cutlass. But the beauty about this was this and it kind of let me know what I was getting into. Like the front end had been taken off. And the hood had been taken off. And we had reports that that's what the car was that he fled in. And so when we get there, the car is not only wrecked, but it's, it's, it, you, it's, it looks like it's been taken, you know, someone's been taking it apart. And so I asked the, the, the patriarch of the family there, I said, what's the deal with this car? He goes, well, they were hoping to bury it before you got here. Mm. I'm like, Okay. <laughs> Piece by piece. So they started a lot of the, projects around that house that they were trying to get to before you got yeah, there. <laughs> yeah. So so we uh anyway, the whole family is sitting on the porch. Mom, dad, sister, girlfriend, and the local uh sheriff and deputies are there. And they had already taken the guy that we're looking for into custody. Uh so it's our job to search the house. We had a search warrant for the house, and we're looking for some clothing. We're looking for uh specific pair of jeans, some coveralls, a jacket. So myself and a couple other guys, we're going to, we're going to go through the house and look for this. So we, it's a, it's not a, to say it wasn't a good house is, is an understatement. It was, you know, these people, they don't have, you know, a pot to pee in type thing. So, but as we're searching, we start, I start seeing these, these Jolly Rancher, you know, the candy that breaks your fillings, Mm -hmm. start seeing these wrappers everywhere. I mean, they are just, I mean, they're all throughout the house. There's a couple cats, a couple puppies and things like that. We go through the main floor, Jolly Ranchers all over the place, go upstairs to the bedroom. I find what I'm looking for and they're just Jolly Ranchers wrappers all over. If there was one, there was, I mean, 5,000 Jolly Ranchers. So you knew they were eating good. I mean, they may have been on hard times, but you knew that they were eating well. (laughs) They knew that. Yeah, I knew that. But there wasn't any other candy. There were no Skittles. There was no, you know, Reese's Pieces. I mean, it was all Jolly Ranchers. And so uh, we get done. I get done with the upstairs. And there's one room uh, we haven't gone into yet. And I'm talking to this deputy. I said, well, we need to get in that room. And he said, uh, well, he said, uh, there's a pig in that room. <laughs> I, what, what? Was her, what was her name? The, the pig? <laughs> well, what do you... Wilbur. Why wouldn't it be Wilbur? So this so, is an actual pig in their name. Wilbur. Yeah, this is a pig. And I'm, I'm, I'm expecting, and this wasn't my first pig. That's the beauty about it. This was not my hey, first hey, pig. Hey, let's don't talk about your high school dating. Phil. Yeah, come on. Oh. <laughs> you knew so, it was coming. You knew that was coming. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I pitch him in and needle knocks him out. That's so he goes, there's a pig behind that door. And I go, okay. So, um, he goes, yeah, they, I said, the pig stays in inside. Yeah, yeah, it's an inside pig. So the deputy proceeds to tell me. Now, the deputy's familiar with this family, uh, very familiar with them. He said, yeah, when I got here, I knocked on the door, and I told him who I was and uh, what I was here for. And it was, it's kind of a Mayberry-type situation. Well, the, the matriarch of the house didn't believe me. Oh, bullshit. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, it's not you come in here, come in here. So he goes inside and she's in the bathroom. The, the mom is in the bathroom and this deputy's telling me the story. And she's like, Oh, you're not the sheriff. Blah, blah. Just get your ass in here. So he opens the, the bathroom door and the mom is taking a bath with the pig. They're, they're sharing a bath together. Do they, they both have the same outfit on? <laughs> they, yes. Nothing. 
They both. Did you have to yeah. figure out which one was a pig, which one was the old lady? So the fact well, that there's an inside pig, the fact that they use the word, oh, this is an inside pig. I mean, you well, know, you've heard of like cats, inside yeah, cats. I was like, this is an inside yeah. pig. Well, it gets better. So, so I'm just naturally curious. Now I'm exhausted. I've been, you know, I've been at it since three in the afternoon, and it's five in the morning. I've done what I'm going to do. I know I'm going to go home. I got another you know, 20 hours of paperwork. So anyway, so I open the door and Wilbur comes out and he's a standard pig, kind of a black and white. Out of, out of the bathroom after the, was he smoking a cigarette coming out of the bathtub? Or was he just <laughs> no, like- no, 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 this, it was, this, the, the bath was, the he, bath was trading, was, he was trading glasses with the old lady, right. I think, at that point in time. <laughs> so, that, so now you're face to face with Wilbur. What's Wilbur up to? So because- Wilbur's just like a, He's like a 120 pound black and white kind of pig. And so what's the first thing you ask, you know, does he do any tricks? And she goes, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He does some tricks. And I said, okay. I said, well, what's he do? And she goes, well, he can either spin it around in a circle or he can lay down. And I'm thinking, well, laying down ain't much of a trick. I mean, you know, that that's probably 80% of his life. And I said, well, let me see, him, let me see him go around in a circle. Right. And so, I, of course, I got my phone out, you know. And so, what does she do? She reaches in the pocket of her robe, Jolly, Jolly Rancher. Rancher. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this goddamn Rancher. thing is doing tricks all day. It sounds like. <laughs> been doing tricks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> been doing tricks since it was a piglet. Okay. So all over the house, this guy's just spinning tricks. <laughs> so she pulls out the Jolly Rancher, and she's got like a hand signal, you know, like a whoop. Whoop, you know, like a circle, little hand signal. And so Wilbur, you know, he goes around in a circle. Bam, she gives him the Jolly Rancher. And, you know, crunch, crunch, crunch. But it only likes the grape. It only likes the grape Jolly Rancher. And so every the rest of the family was in charge of eating the rest of the flavors. So wait, so, oh, did, he, so did he, so how many wrappers were in the, in the tub? Were there other tricks that he did for in that tub? No, I didn't. No, I I don't know. The only other trick he knew was to lay down. I mean, seriously. I, well, I think he might no, have had her lay down. I don't know. I think no, I don't, because I, I like your investigation questions because well, I know it's like you go in. I'm, I'm sure it's part of the arsenal. One of the investigation questions is, does he do tricks, right? So that's well, – yeah. <laughs> Okay. Now, the fact is, that – Phil used to work vice, so he's used to yeah, asking about yeah. tricks. Vice. So the thing is, <laughs> the reason I ask questions – how many chances do you get where you're face to face with a pig? I mean, you no, gotta, you I gotta know it all. No, 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 no. I'm all about like, yeah. I, I think that you got, but the, here's, here's the question I think, and you, maybe you did ask it, you know, maybe, but if those Jolly Ranchers are spread all throughout the house and you got this big array of family out there playing a banjo or whatever you said, they're yeah, on the right. porch. So like, does junior do a trick for an apple? And does mom do a trick for a cherry? I mean, the pig is just isolated to the grape. So, I mean, there's a lot. I mean, with those where people might be doing tricks all day, all the time. Ready to hold that you know, like cherry a, a, a carnival at their house. That's, yeah. that's a good question. You know, I didn't think about that. Right there. I didn't think about what your sister do for, a, you know, a cherry. Who does or what? the trick for the apple? Who does the trick yeah. for the cherry? Yeah, but I, I found it odd that, that, okay, so how many times did they go through with the reward uh, we gave him the apple. He won't do the trick again. He only does it for grape, you know. Hey, he won't sit down for a cherry. I mean, see, is it since when did a pig become so so uh, uh What's the word? Discriminating. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and you know, typically you do tricks because um, like they're doing something wrong. Like you know, the pigs eat the freaking shoe or something. So distract them right. with the grape jelly rancher. I mean, what was it that motivated him to have the pig do? And let me just be be clear: the inside pig. Right, so was there right. other, they have outside pigs. This is just the inside no, pig. No, no, just the inside pig. Okay, did which, you see him in the bathtub? Did you see him in the bathtub together, the two of them? No, I did not. I was not there for the bathtub. <laughs> no, I just got an account from the deputy on the bathtub. I was just there for the wow. trick. I mean, but you got to ask that question because. Oh yeah, for yeah, sure. That's no. not that's not the end of the story, right? Though we still got some some more some more little things coming in, right? Yeah. yeah. So we got some follow up. Uh, so we get done with the, you know, the, the grape Jolly Rancher, the tricks and things. And we're, we're standing on the porch and we're talking about some other things. And I don't remember, but 
all on the porch. They're all huddled up in blankets because it's December. Okay, it's it's a couple of weeks before Christmas. It's cold, and we have them outside. It wasn't that cold. It wasn't like it was ten degrees. Um, and I don't remember what spurred it. I I mentioned it earlier, but I don't remember what spurred it. But at one point, the family had to stand up, and uh, maybe they were going back inside and everything. But they're all small. I mean, they're all. I, I, there's a politically correct and a politically. The, I think that I think that politically correct word is midget. No. Yeah. This whole family no. was. Yes. Maybe in my maybe in Montana, that's the politically correct. Yes. Term. They were all smaller than than usual which is fine but i thought okay we've got these guys taking apart a car that would probably take seven weeks and they're going to bury it in an hour and a half we got a pig in the house we got a pig pig bathing and we got a pig doing the jolly ranchers and now the whole family is is like not tall they're they're wait is that elf is elf the right word i'm just trying i don't know i'm just they were elfish elfish who was the Elf person Hobbit, made the pig all do those the trick? Not appropriate. <laughs> yeah. Sands the, the pointy ears. So, so I'm talking to this deputy, and, and like I said, it's an extremely yeah. rural county, extremely rural. Mm-hmm. And when he told me about the pig, I mentioned earlier, I said, "Oh, this isn't my first pig." He said, "Oh, it's it's my first pig." But I had a, and this I'll be brief on this. About a year before that, I had to go to this daycare. Uh, and oddly enough, the name was Little Piggy, Little Piggy's Daycare. And it was in kind of a lower uh, economic area uh, and something uh, bad had happened. So I had to go just photograph. I was just going to photograph the rooms. And when I got there, there was this young man there who was the owner's uh, son. He's probably about eight or nine and nice kid. And I was talking to him and I told him, I said, I'm just here to take some pictures and uh, so I take a picture of the kitchen and the playroom and all that stuff. And I said, are, are your bedrooms back here? And he goes, yeah, my bedroom's on the left. It's the one with the post Superman poster. So I take a picture of that and everything. He goes, oh, don't go in that room on the right. And I go, I'm thinking, oh, man, here's the room. This is where, here we go. you know, the bad thing happened. And here I go, go. Jack. yeah, he goes, I go, uh, really? He goes, no. I go, well, why not? He goes, well, that's where that's where the pig is. And I go, oh, okay. And I'm thinking Little Piggy's Daycare. I said, uh, well, what's what's your pig's name? And I don't remember. It wasn't Wilbur, maybe Oinker or something like that. And I said, oh, is it a cute little pig? And he goes, no. And this nine-year-old kid, and I, I'm going to curse you. He goes, that son of a bitch will chew your hand off. And I, and I'm like, down the big we're, we're, we're in a daycare. So I'm thinking, okay, he's just, you know, he's he's kidding. So I open this bedroom door and this sow, I mean, S-O-W, sow, just comes. Ah, ah, oh, he was, com- he was coming for you? Yeah. And so I, I slammed the door. I slammed the door and I, I you know, I felt bad, but I go, holy shit. I said, that's the biggest pig I've ever seen in my life. And I said, where does this thing live? Do you have a place for it in the backyard? What's he hit me with? That's an indoor pig. That's the second time you've heard that. I've never heard in my life. The indoor pig. Here's a question I have. have. Because as a police officer, I know when you go into places, you guys have an uncanny way of of having a photographic memory. You look, you were looking through a room, you remember all that stuff. It's it's crazy. Do you remember when you were in that house um, with Wilbur? Were there any saddles in that house? Like, because what I want to know is, do they? Just, be, no. just the, the whole dynamic. I of the swear whole thing. to God, I was just gonna. I was gonna ask him the same. You're question. kidding me. No, you know, like the, were, the, the whole, all the moving parts in there. They got the people. You got the the pig. It's was a car- it, was, it was a carnival. It was. That's just what it was. It, it, there was. That's a great question. However, there were no saddles. Had there been, I would have known, because I covered every inch of that that home. Oh, I wish now. Okay. I wish there would have been. Okay, so like next that, question. Go like, ahead. A trick like that requires like a dive of chocolates. I mean, you're not getting that for a jolly yeah, adventure. With a, no. Good point. Great point. But sure. if you would have found a saddle, if you would have seen a saddle, please tell me. You would have said, 
Let's saddle Wilbur up here. Okay, so if I if we were talking about tricks, let's so saddle Wilbur up. Let's give let's just give let's take him for a run, take him for a spin. You know, you know that that happened. Yes. Even if they went bareback, you know that that happened. And I was thinking about when they were trying to tear that part car apart, they were only going to get like the wheel, like not nothing higher than the wheel pulled off. No. No. They, they, if they had a horse or a cow that was going to get up there, that they trained to take apart the car uh, at the yeah. upper levels. I would have. If if I thought that pig was capable of anything more than those two tricks, you know I would have I would have explored this. Thank you, thank you. I mean, how many chances do you get? And you know, that's kind of the way I approach things. How many chances am I going to get in my lifetime to do you know X, Y, or Z? I mean, the pig. I'm probably the only guy that's encountered two uh, in my career. Two, I mean. You got it. You got to explore that, right? Well, you See, know, the way, that I'm, the way that I'm, the way I'm wired, I would have been back. Like I probably would, have, I would have went back there just like, hey, you know what? Listen, I got me some. You know, I would have brought the small beer. I, I would have went over there and just said, listen, I, you know, let's have a beer. Let's have a beer. You know, and just wait. What are those? Oh, those would, are called. Aren't those called Mickey's? Let's let's, <laughs> let's share a cigarette. Let's check each other's prescriptions. Rule number yeah. five: ne- never waste an indoor pig. Right. Always, yeah, always know the indoor pig. I might have to get one of those. My they, they were both indoor pigs. Both of them were, they were extremely, extremely explicit about the fact that that pig was indoors. Both of them. That's awesome. Well, that also, so, listen, the case is still open, so I would, I, I think, I think the responsible thing to do, Phil, is to go back and look in the garage and see if there's a saddle. I guarantee there's a saddle somewhere in there. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're probably right. That hey, and I'm not saying that won't be done either. I'm not saying that won't be done. Wilbur was uh he was a calm little pig. I mean he wasn't but that son of a bitch at the daycare, wow. Oh, he was ready. Down. Well he um, was, Oh he was pig. winning all right. Well hey Brian, you wanna you wanna wrap things up? What do you want me to wrap it up with? You don't I don't know the saddle. No, we're square. I think I think we, you know, we covered a lot of ground. We went from the wool jersey, you know, straight to the freaking serial killer, to the fucking the dancing pig. I mean, this is where the editing comes in, Bill. Yeah, you, got, you, got, you got some work. This is to where do the here, editing brother. comes in. I got it. There's a little bit of editing, yes. In fact, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, um, hey, Phil, thanks a lot, Neil. Um, it's so fun to have you guys on. Those are those are really great stories. And you know what? Um, we're gonna. I just have to let everybody know. That remind them that in a few weeks here, one, two, three weeks, Brian and I will be in Cutbank, Montana on Monday, September 26th and Tuesday, September 27th to do a little small town shenanigans. We're going to visit with the, the hometown residents. I'm sure we'll get, we'll collect a few stories. We might go track down our, um, High school principal, and we might have a few questions uh, to uh, just to see. <laughs> look at Brian. Yeah, Brian, look at Phil. Idea. Look at Phil. <laughs> Phil's pushing that up his glasses. <laughs> so I, I, I'm gonna. I, I don't know what's gonna happen, but I will definitely track him down, and we'll go have a little visit with JW. But um, yeah, no thanks. This was a lot of fun. Appreciate it. And um, as we always end, and this makes no sense, but it's important, and it always has to be said. Don't forget. Every shenanigan must transcend.